Jesus, my head school. So how are you doing this morning? I'm good. I'm, I'm really good. I um, had a good uh, rugby match on Friday night. <laughs> Sorry. I thought I'll mention it. I'll mention it because I know you're thinking about it. Um, that was good, eh? Even Margaret is saying it was good. And you know when Margaret says it's good, then it must be good. <laughs> Did you watch the match? <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> so um, we've had quite an interesting few weeks, and I just actually thought, you know, I was trying to, last week already, uh, I was trying to make some announcements to you, and then um, the Holy Spirit just came, and he kind of shifted everything, which is great, because we want him to do that. Um, but I'm going to make a few announcements before we get into the Word this morning. So if you're a guest, um, Welcome. We're just going to do a little bit of uh, family lounge, okay? And um, I wanted to mention last week that we've been, we started looking at our renovations plan. Now, I know for those of you that remember last year already, we spoke about renovations. In fact, we started the renovations last year. Pete was helping us knock down a wall at the back. We started and then the Lord intervened, okay? And um, I've got good news that we are going to proceed with what we started, because anything you start, you need to finish. That's what Jesus did, okay? So um, we are now currently in the process of planning. Um, I don't know if Hans is here. Is Hans? Hans, are you around? Not here this morning. Okay. Hans is our building committee uh, chairman, and what we've done so far is we've come up with a, um, a phase because we're working towards a master plan. I see Charlie was on drums this morning. Charlie's is a part of our, our team there. Um, we're wanting to have a master plan in terms of this whole venue. One of the things that's key for us um, are children. So we want to make sure our children are secure, um, particularly in terms of access. So that's, that's, that's on the tables at the moment. We've we, we got a plan, and the Lord is going to provide. Amen? <laughs> I really believe that. Um, but the biggest phase that we're going to kick off Hopefully, we're going we're gonna to try and start this before the end of the year, because you know how it goes, December, suppliers close down, and then things get a bit hectic, is the whole entrance in front. So um, thank the Lord for creative minds, and I do believe the Lord gives you wisdom. We had a few brainstorming ideas, and I think we've come up with a good plan. So we're going we're gonna, to, in the next couple of weeks, present a picture of what the phase uh, one is and what that renovation is going to look like. But what I can tell you is this is our heart. We want to create an environment, particularly in front, firstly that is um, accessible to the community. Because I don't know if you, first time here, if you walked in, you were wondering, where's the front door of this building? Okay. The reality is we're actually walking through the back door. <laughs> okay. Sorry. The front door is somewhere here. <laughs> but you know, those who are lost will be first. And lost. <laughs> so we, we kind of walking through the back door. So the whole aim is to create an, uh, an entrance that is visible to the community. That's the first thing. Secondly, that is big enough for connection. So at the moment, as you could hear what Lynette was saying, we're having coffee with the children are having shine. And that's not really ideal. Um, for various reasons, your safety of your, the safety of your children is key to us. If you're walking in and you're not able to sign your child out properly because somebody is grabbing a cup of coffee next to you, 
um, that is a concern for us. So we want to have an area um, where there's a coffee area, proper coffee area. Hallelujah. You can, you can grab a cup of coffee, have a table with a couple of chairs where you can sit down. And like Brett, you don't have to sit on the floor, Brett. Okay. You can actually have a seat there. You can have a coffee. You can pray for each other. You can talk. You can fellowship. I'm, I'm, I'm even envisioning during the week that the coffee shop is running. You know, that the community can come, that we can have Bible studies in the coffee area, that you don't have to go and spend your money at Mug and Bean, okay? or um, maybe you guys are a little bit up there, uh, Vida E, Seattle's, you know, where does it go from there, Starbucks, I don't know, that you could actually come here and we create an environment that is welcoming to the community. So that's, that's what we're going after for phase one. Added to that is that if you go, if you go through our foyer, into the passageway, you get into this room that is um, for the toddlers. Okay, so we've always had this vision that the toddlers' room should be able to see inside the auditorium, to feel connected to what's happening inside the auditorium. So we're going to be putting a window there, a big window, um, for the toddlers' room so that whoever's inside, they still have the monitor. I know there's a TV monitor, but they can actually look in and be able to see what's happening on the inside of the auditorium during the service. Um, another vision, this, this is something that's on my heart, okay? I've always seen in, um, like a, a play area, just outside the toddler's room, like a jungle gym that is secured, closed off. There, Pete, is, are you going to go play there, Pete? I'll join you, man. <laughs> but that your children can actually go and play outside in a secured area, while you are able to enjoy maybe listening to, this, to the sermon or the worship, and you're able to see your children still. So there's, there's a whole plan. It's going to be presented properly with pictures, okay, um, in a couple of weeks' time. And then let's pray together and we trust the Lord that we can um, start the process this, this year. Um, the good news is that the sale of that little strip of, from our property is actually going through um, sometime in October. So we should be able to start our phases somewhere around October, November, and, um, and then we'll see from there how far we can get to getting our entrance done. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Yes, He is good. I have a sermon in my heart or a word to share about the anointing that covers your head. And I don't know if you, if you know this, but you've been anointed. If you are in Jesus, if you know Jesus, you're a believer, you've been anointed by the Lord through the Holy Spirit. You've been anointed from the head all the way down to your toes. And I, I do believe that there are times that um, we forget that we are, we are the anointed ones. Christian is actually, the word Christian means little anointed one. Jesus, the Messiah, Christ, he is the anointed one, the anointed one. And he anoints you as little anointed ones from the head to the toe. And I, I want to share this because I've been praying into this, particularly after last week. Whenever the Holy Spirit comes and he moves within you and you feel his presence and he, and he stirs within you. And I know a lot of things happened last week. 
And some of you might have gone home and wondered, Lord, what was that? Maybe for you, some of you, it might have been the first time. For others, this might have been a, a refresher. You know, the Lord likes refreshing us. A refresher of moments when you had this infilling. Yeah, I tried to preach a message last week. I couldn't get there. Um, the, the Spirit of God is moving so fluently that he was doing many things at one time. And, um, and I just let it go because, you know, in our minds, we try to f- reason things out. We try to work it out. When the Lord is doing a m- multitude of things at the same time, you might as well just let it go <laughs> because it's like a wave. And when the wave goes, you, can, you have a choice. You either go with the wave or you try to swim against it. I don't know if you ever try to swim against the wave. It's not the easiest thing. Many times the Lord would come, and he comes like a wave into your life. And the wave comes, and you know what? I believe every person experiences this. Even those that maybe are not yet Christians experience the wave of God. And the wave comes, it hits you. And here's the, you know, when you go to the sea, to the ocean, the, the wave comes out, and it's almost like it invites you in. It pulls you. And you have a choice to make to either go in with that wave and ride that wave or you're still standing on the seashore (laughs) looking at the waves that comes into your life. And so I was praying this week and I was saying, Lord, where to from here? When God moves, he moves with purpose. He doesn't only come to just um, visit us, you know? That's not the purpose of the wave of God. The wave invites you into a lifestyle of change, a transformation within us. And so this morning, the anointing is so key to understand and to stay in. And I was so serious about it, and Angus was joking with me as I walked in. That I brought anointing oil. Because I believe some of you need to be anointed to stay in the wave. So, so I want to just unpack a little bit and then we're going to do that um, about the anointing. What is the anointing? In, in, in the Old Testament, they would anoint uh, kings. They would anoint priests. They would anoint um, prophets. They would even anoint various types of um, instruments and equipment all in the temple in order to set it apart. The word anoint in Hebrew means to smear or to rub or to, to, um, to, to pour out. So they would take oil and, G- and God was quite... Um, Specific with what oil they were to combine. And they would use various herbs and various scented uh, flowers, and they would make an oil consecrated to the Lord, and then they would anoint. Now, the reason why they would anoint kings is because the king would need to be separated or set apart for a specific task that was to lead the people of God. Similarly, they would anoint prophets because the prophet would need to be set apart in order to hear the voice of God so that he can speak the word of God to the people. 
And thirdly, they would also anoint um, various uh, instruments or various um, ornaments in order to, se- to, to separate them and make them sacred so that whenever they are being used in the presence of God, these, these um, instruments or ornaments are uh, anointed for the purposes that they are used for. How many of you know that God calls you to a purpose and then he anoints you for that purpose? And that anointing that, that I'm going I'm to talk a little bit about is an anointing I believe that you need to allow the Holy Spirit to come and do. Sometimes we run into a purpose and we're like, man, I'm going to go for it. And before you know it, you're facing all trials and tribulations. In the devil, in English it means the devil is busy. For those that are from another country, <laughs> I do know. <laughs> Welcome to South Africa. Yes. You enjoying it? Ah, that's good. Um, so you face trials and tribulations because I, and I've had this in my life, I wasn't aware that the call of God needed an anointing from the Spirit of God in order to fulfill that which God has called you. So 1 Samuel 16 verse 13, we see how Samuel anoints uh, David for the, for the uh, kingship, you know, for the, the, the task of being a king. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, hear this, on the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. From that day on, David experienced the Spirit of God that came upon him. Now, in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God would come upon people when they would be anointed for a specific task. Now, I'm going to explain to you in the New Testament the difference between the Spirit of God coming on you in the Old and Spirit of God being in you. In the new, because he gave us his spirit. In Acts 10 verse 38, it says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. The anointing is the seal of God, that he is with you, Emmanuel, that he is with you wherever you go. That you are able to do that which he has called you to do effortlessly, supernaturally, beyond your, your um, social status, beyond your academia, academic uh, credentials. God anoints that you can do that which seemingly, seemingly be impossible. You can do it effortlessly. And so, when we see in Acts 10 verse 38, Jesus being anointed, it says, with the Holy Spirit and with power. It is the Holy Spirit that comes and anoints you. It is not, it's just, you know, this, this is a, an act, a, a symbol. It's a prophetic act. But it's the Holy Spirit that comes and he anoints you. And when he anoints you, he then sets you apart, and he, man, I tell you, when you know that you set apart, you, it's like you're arrested. You're arrested for that which God has called you. 
You know, there's a difference. I was sharing with Chauvet. We were talking about some things yesterday. And I was saying to her, there's a difference between being a servant of God. And then Paul says, I am a bond servant. You know what a bond servant is? I'm a slave. When you are arrested by the things that God has called you to, you cannot help but do it. And sometimes people will ask you, but why are you doing that? Do you know you could make more money if you did this? Why did you study all that and then you end up doing this? When you are when you're arrested with things of God, when you're anointed, you become arrested. You become set apart. And nothing can move you. I tell you, you can try and run. You can run as far as you want. You will always be called back to that which God has anointed you for. And some of you understand what I mean. Because there's a battle in us, eh? That's why uh, Paul explained the difference between the spirit and the flesh. Because the flesh is the thing that will pull us back every time and say, no, 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 no. Listen, you can drive the biggest car, man, if you just do this. If you just do that, you can have the most bank, I mean, most money in your bank account. And then the spirit of God comes and he says, hey, 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 I've anointed you for this. Marlon, I've anointed you. Well done yesterday for taking those kids. Scripture Union, man, I know it changed my life. I know, Angus, you've been so involved with Scripture Union. You're still on the board of Scripture Union, eh? You, 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 I'm sorry, but, but you, you're arrested. <laughs> I mean, you could have done many other things yesterday. You know, Marlon went and spoke at a Scripture Union workshop and shared on, um, what did you share on? Discipleship. Yeah. Hey, man, that, you know when you're arrested, you can't help it. You can't help but fill your car up every Friday night, pick up kids all the way down to, I don't know where you're driving at the moment. Um, you can't help it, right? When you know what you're called to, and the Lord anoints you. I think of Mr. B. Mr. B always, you know, since I came to this church, he said to me, are you a pig or are you a chicken? And I thought, wow, I hope I'm not a pig. <laughs> But then he explained, you know, what does a pig do? A pig gives up his life for that piece of bacon. The chicken lays the egg and moves on again, you know. <laughs> so then quickly I said, Mr. B, I'm not a chicken. I'm going to come and just lay a couple of eggs at the father's house and move on. Well, I didn't know that, eh? I remember the day that the Lord called me in this house. Mr. B and Pastor Sam were standing here. I was sitting in front. I was crying my eyes out. I didn't know what was going on. I thought, okay, Lord, what is happening to me? And then they called me up after the service. Do you remember that? And they, then they prayed for me and they said, God has called you. I didn't know to what. I wasn't sure. I thought... Okay, I'll do sound, you know. <laughs> That's what I did. I stood at the back, did sound for, I think, about a year or something it was to be. Ran the sound. Uh, well, I was part of the team. And then eventually they said, um, Tim, we want you to lead the worship ministry. And I tell you, that day when I stood here, Snotentrana, you know, that is um, oh, mucus. It's a, <laughs> I'm, I'm teasing you. I know I'm teasing you. <laughs> Jeremy will sort me out after church, don't worry. Um, 
I was standing here, man. I was like, every kind of liquid could come out. I was coming out. <laughs> and, and I, you know, you know what? You know why it was so significant? It's because I left a ministry really thinking, even to the point, and I had to break this oath of saying with my own mouth, I will never work for a church again. And, and I had to break that oath. Okay. And, and I tell you, it was like I was running. I was running after everything but that which God has called me to. And then he arrested me again. And I remember they laid hands on me. And I don't know if Sam had oil. I can't remember. The, if it, maybe that was the liquid, you know, the oil. <laughs> but I was standing here. I was crying. I was like, and I knew that God has anointed me. To come back to the call. I walked, I walked um, toy-toying with this church. Like, we did that, eh? Well, protesting. I don't think we toy-toyed. Eh? It was a peaceful march. It was a very, very, very prim and proper march, you know. <laughs> we, had, we had placards and things. I, just remember, I don't know what we were. I was just told to be there. <laughs> I didn't know what, we, what were we <laughs> protesting. Anyway, I, oh, you, oh, yes, you're right. Yes, the Lord forgave us for that. No. <laughs> we, we, um, we, we actually were somewhere on Okavanga Bridge, and we were standing with placards, and I was still kind of getting used to this church, and I'm wondering, what am I doing here, Lord? <laughs> like, anybody sees me, they recognize me. <laughs> How am I going to explain this one? <laughs> um, and you know what? At the end, Pete, I'm walking, and Pete turns to me, and he says, so, Tim, I'm glad you're here at this church. And I looked at this guy, and I thought, man, I, you know, this man is just full of love. And I, and I don't think he realized what he was saying to me. Or maybe you did. You were in the spirit, eh? And he said, you know, you belong here. And then the Lord again just arrested me. <laughs> you belong here. Anointed for what you are called to do. You cannot run from that which God calls you to. And the first thing he calls you to is to himself. There's a picture, a painting, that I am trying to find, Lucinda, somebody that can blow this up for me. The one that was given when you went and did that worship thing a couple of, what, a month ago now? In George. And this picture... I believe it's a, it's, it's a prophetic picture for us. It was given, saying, what, what did they say? From the apostolic house that sent you. <laughs> okay. And um, I want to, I actually do want to blow it up and put it somewhere here. And this picture has got a mountain. And I was looking at this picture yesterday. It's got this mountain, beautiful, I don't know what kind of uh, flowers in front, but you can maybe explain that. Aloes, aloes, there we go. But I looked at this mountain, and I, and I saw this picture of, you know, the mountain of the Lord. I said it last week. Who will ascend the mountain of the Lord? And then um, David says, he that has clean hands and a pure heart. But, you know, I saw, I, I remembered when I was looking at this picture, when Moses came to the feet, the foot of the mountain, and he wanted the elders to join him. 
Now, up until that time, God never allowed anyone else but Moses to climb the mountain. He was the only one that could go up into the presence of God. The dimensions of the presence of God, you must understand, they are different dimensions. Because he's omnipresent, meaning he's everywhere, but he's also Shekinah glory. And last week, this is what we call an open heaven. We went a little bit further up the mountain. And I do believe it's more. We only tasted. I would say we were probably just a little bit past the foot of that mountain. And so God tells Moses, I can't have those guys, those elders come. And Moses, being a friend of God, starts to bargain, you know, starts to put his argument forward. And he says, but Lord, if you just, just meet them at the foot of the mountain. And so God says, I'll make a deal with you, Moses. I'll meet them only at the foot of the mountain. And then they came. And the Bible says that God came down from his mountain down to the foot of the mountain. And he met all of them. 70 of the elders with Moses. But David says, who will ascend the mountain of the Lord? You see, your first call that I believe God wants to anoint you for is to go all the way up to the mountain of the Lord. To come into his presence. Where you're not anymore surprised. When he, when, to, to meet with him in that realm of this dimension of his presence. Where it becomes a, 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 a lifestyle, a usual thing, a daily thing, that you're able to ascend. Last week was just an invitation. So I said, Lord, uh, but who can ascend that mountain? And uh, I'm not even getting to my notes. And, and I heard the Spirit of God say to me, anyone, because Jesus has made you clean. So then what stops us from coming and going up the mountain? What stops you from experiencing the presence of God at dimensions that, that we, I think, all admire when we see it on YouTube clips <laughs> or we read it in books like God's general? Have you ever heard of God's generals? What stops us? So um, let, me, let me quickly, let me get to the notes. Right? Then we're going to pray and we're going to anoint. Um, psalm 23, this is the most famous psalm. And um, listen to what David writes about the anointing from the oil, the oil of anointing from the head. Psalm 23 starts, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. 
My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see, David starts by saying, the Lord is my shepherd. A shepherd would take the lambs, the sheep, and would take the oil, and would pour oil over the sheep for various reasons. Firstly, because sheep are prone to having uh, insects come into their wet noses. How horrible must that be? One of the most irritating things you can imagine. The sheep is one of the, one of the animals that cannot... Um, swath. I like it. Yes, swat. The sheep's tail is too short to swat away the flies. So what flies would do is they would come into the nose of the sheep and they would lay eggs. Thank you. It's, it's really bad, eh? And these eggs would hatch. They become larva. They are the most, <laughs> they are the m- most dangerous, irritating pesticides, no? For sheep. Pests, thank you. By the way, I'm also learning English. I'm originally... <laughs> So Jeremy, every now and then, I'll go to his class, you know. <laughs> Jeremy is really going to kill me after this. <laughs> um, so, so, they, so they, they, they are the most dangerous pests. You know why? Because they cannot be swatted away. And so what the, what, what the shepherd would do is he'll anoint the sheep on the head. So much oil that it starts to run down so that any insect that comes upon them in their noses cannot but... Babel. I'm telling you, sometimes you, 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 you know what? We stress eh? and we worry about stuff. And I'm telling you, the Lord has anointed you. He's anointed you that the enemy is slippery on your side. When he comes to you, now here's the thing, our minds, that's why I wanted to talk about last week, but anyway, the Lord took it away. <laughs> the mind, the mind plays. That's where it's like, a, it's like a minefield, you know. That's where the enemy comes. So what does he do? He brings all this worry. And then you begin to worry. Jesus is saying, hey, I'm the shepherd, you're the sheep, I've put so much oil on you that he cannot grab a hold of you. I don't know about you, but before I know it, I've worried so many hours that by the time that the worry has got to me, then the problem is gone. The worry is, now look again, oh, why did I even worry? He anoints your head to protect you from the strategies of the enemy. The second reason why um, sheep would be anointed from the head down is that, I love this one, the anointing of the sheep's head with the same oil for every sheep would distinguish the sheep from another. Sorry, and it would bring unity, sorry, unity within the flock. So here's the thing, the aroma of the oil would be shared among the sheep, reducing the potential for conflict due 
to unfamiliar saints and minimizing aggression among them. Church, you got to be anointed so that you stop fighting with each other. <laughs> That's basically what it's saying. <laughs> when, you walk, when you walk in the anointing, when you are actually walking in what you're called to do, you'll have far less frustration and competition. So I don't have to compare. By the way, Aiden, will you stand? Please stand. Well done, man. Aiden was, um, yesterday, he was ordained as a chaplain. And um, I know Stephanie is also a chaplain, so we've got two chaplains, officials. No, what, uh, what does that mean? It means that he, could go, he can go into any government um, institution officially. Doesn't have, he just shows his badge. <laughs> and he can go and do ministry, hospitals. So if you don't know, AD also runs the hospital ministry. And so I think, AD, well done. And being faithful to take that step. Bless you. Anointed to do what you're called to do. When, when, when you have the oil, right? man, we don't need a fight. There is space for everyone. There's a unity. So here's the thing, right? So what would happen, and I find this is significant, is that the, the, the sheep, when they get a different smell, uh, uh, another sheep comes in to the, and it smells different. They would, they would almost immediately think, this is a foreigner. Hey, xenophobia is even with the sheep. Eh? This is a foreigner. So they would go and they start to butt heads. Start a little bit like this. Eventually they get frustrated and then bah, bah. And before you know it, there's a whole fight going on. Jesus knew what he was saying when he said, I am the shepherd. And so they threw the oil. In order for the sheep to know, oh, you're also a little anointed one. Hey, do you know, that's why you could go anywhere in the world, like we had a couple of visitors the last couple of months, and you can walk in that anointing and be received in your anointing. So, the other reason is that as the shepherd cares, sorry, Let me read this one. Caring for vulnerable areas. The head and the ears of a sheep are particularly vulnerable areas. Anointing these parts serve to ensure their proper care. By focusing on these sensitive areas, shepherds demonstrated the attentive and nurturing nature, reflecting the care that God extends to his people. I love this. The Lord cares about the little things. Jesus cares about every aspect of your life. He cares about the things that you go home and you worry about. About the the boss that maybe gave you a hard time. About the client that didn't pay it, right? Jesus cares about the very little things. And just as the shepherd would pour out the oil on every aspect of the sheep, Jesus pours out this oil on you. In every part of your life. So Isaiah 61 is a significant verse. 
1 to 3, because Jesus quoted this in Luke when he started his ministry. The first sermon Jesus ever spoke was quote from Isaiah 61, and listen to this. It says, the spirit of the Lord, of the sovereign Lord, is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim the freedom for the captives, to release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who grieve, grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, of a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And Jesus comes in Luke, and, he, and he's um, in the synagogue, and it's the first message, and he opens up the scroll, and he goes exactly to Isaiah 61, and he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. 1 John 2 verse 20 says, but you have an anointing, here we go, from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. What is John saying? You are anointed. And because the truth is in you, you are anointed to know the truth. You know, people ask me, how do you know that's true? How, how do you know what's being said on the news is true? How do you know what's happening? Yeah. How do you know what the teaching is true? Do you know that in you, the Spirit of God is, who lives in you, and the Spirit of the Lord will tell you and give you a witness to what is true or not true? John goes even further in that chapter, and he says, therefore, you don't need a teacher. I mean, that's, that's quite radical. Let's close all the churches, uh, Pete. What was John, John saying? What he was saying is, do you know who lives inside of you? Do you know the Spirit of God who is in you will tell you what is true and what is not true? We call that discernment. So I put on my TV, I put on my YouTube, and I hear all these preachers, and immediately I get a knowing. You know the knowing. Now, the knowing, here's the difference. They say your stomach, your stomach is your second mind. I don't know if you heard that. Your stomach is, yeah, it's like your second brain, your second mind. The knowing, for me, is not here. My brain still runs here. The knowing comes here. And then this thing, you know. This brain here, it starts to turn. And I sit, and I'm like, I hear the words, but something is not right. And then it's like, and before I know it, then I know the Holy Spirit has said to me, that's not true. You don't have to be confused as anointed people. LGBTQ plus doesn't have to confuse you. I want to say it. I'm going to say it again. Pronouns don't have to confuse you. Because you know the truth. Because you know the truth. It's sitting right here. I've got friends 
that were in those things and that turned to Jesus and knew the truth. The truth set them free. And so I, I, I don't believe, like my daughters, I, I don't have to explain to them, is there some truth in that? I have to teach them the truth. Because they know the truth. It's a yes, eh? <laughs> That's why we have family services, by the way. Because our children need to, needs to be in the presence of God. Because when they have the Spirit of God, they will know the truth. You don't have to sit and write essays trying to explain to them, you know, or have meetings trying to explain. When they have the presence of God, when they meet Jesus, they'll know the truth. The truth will set them free. And so the, the Spirit of God anoints you to know truth, to be set free in the mind, to walk in the calling that God has called you. And so, this morning, I'm going to do something slightly different, because I do believe that this is symbolic, and we're going to just unlock it, that some of you need to take a step into your anointing, and stop the doubting. Am I called... Am I supposed to do that? Um, that's right. Tonight, by the way, we kick off Bible school. I'm very excited. Um, you are welcome to still come if you didn't register. We have a lot of people coming already, but you're welcome to come. Because why? We want to activate you in your calling. Some of you, I, 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 I'm doing a teaching on a workshop on how to prepare a sermon. And uh, I've got 18 people signed up. I'm like, come on, we've got to start 18 services. <laughs> Are we going to do, put every, everyone here on the stage? That's, that's what I'm talking about. Know what you're called to. Know what you're called to. And if you don't, then go to a workshop and listen. Diddy's running out to run a growth group. You've got 10 people signed up. Man, you know how excited I am, Pete? 10. We could have 10 growth groups by the end of this month. I'm the only one excited. Sorry, Diddy. But listen, if you're not sure... Then just come. Come and have a listen. You might, you might sit there and you might go, wow, this is me. You're not sure about worship? Jason's doing a worship workshop next week. How to lead worship in a group. Now listen, it could be, you, I, I, I've done this. I've led worship in my growth group. I put on the YouTube. I pulled the whole playlist together. I, hey, you guys are witness to that. I, I put the playlist in and I played it and we're all worshiping. I know, Andrew, you're one of those worship leaders, right? Come on, you're the worship leader in your group, right? <laughs> you haven't been fired yet. No, okay. <laughs> Listen, this is about walking <laughs> into... Is that it? Where were you? Oh, okay. I need to talk to your, your growth group leader. <laughs> this is about walking in your calling. And the Lord is looking... For the workers. So I tell you, the harvest is plenty. And so, again, I wanted to say this. It's not about a church. We're not trying to fill the church up with a lot of people doing stuff. We want you to be activated out there. So uh, the, the thing I'm going to do tonight, how to prepare a sermon, I want to focus on when somebody asks you to come and do a talk at the assembly 
or somebody asked to come and do a talk at the wedding, or how can you put a, a message together for five, ten minutes that will change people's lives? I see the eyebrows. <laughs> you got to do it, man, because the harvest is out there, and they are ready. So, Holy Spirit, you are in us. And before I, before I ask anybody, because I am very serious about people making choices to step into the things of God, and not someone persuading you or someone trying to f- manipulate you in, that you just make a choice. But before I do that, maybe you're here this morning, and you haven't even yet made the choice just to follow Jesus. I want to give you an opportunity this morning. And it's a very simple thing. It's just to, just to say, Lord, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And I choose to live a life that is pleasing to you. So I'm going to ask everybody, just, just um, for the sake of making this a lot easier, just close your eyes with me. And maybe you've heard what I'm saying and you're wondering, man, anointing? Like, what is this? You know what? God wants to smear on you his nature. He wants to rub on you his nature. And the first step into that is saying, Lord, I want to receive you as Lord and Savior. And so if that's you this morning, I just want to pray with you. And if that's you, you can, you can just put your hand and say, Tim, that's me. I want to I receive Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior this morning. I want to make that choice to be anointed by him, to live a life for him. And I'm just going to give a few, just a moment for you to respond to that. I see that hand. I see that hand as well. I see that hand at the back there, young man. And I want to ask you, just to make it easier for me to pray for you, I'm going to ask you just to stand where you are. And everyone else, you can still keep your eyes closed, and we're just going to honor them. But if you put your hand up, I want you just to stand where you are so that I can pray for you. And I'm going to ask everyone to help me here. We're going to say a prayer, and I'm going to ask you just to say this prayer with me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I come before you this morning, and I ask you to forgive me of every sin that I've committed. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to come into my heart to anoint me for your purposes. I choose this day, Lord, to follow you every day of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. I wanted to say to you, three, well done. And I want to also say, it's... I want to say to you, um, 
This walk with Jesus is never meant to be alone. Okay. So I want to, if you want to talk to anybody, you want to come chat to me, come chat to any of our leaders, please feel free to do that after the service. Be sure to nurture the garden that has been planted today. And you're going to see growth. And how we nurture that is that we build a life of prayer. We read the scriptures and we walk with others that have walked this walk before and for a long time. And so I want to invite you after the service, come, please come and have a chat um, to one of us. So this morning, some of you need to be anointed because you've been wondering, am I prophetic? <laughs> and I'm telling you that you are. And so we've got to anoint you so that you can walk in that purpose of God. Some of you have been doing certain things and wondering, am I really that? There's various gifts that the Spirit of God has already poured out. But I believe this morning He's going to, he's, he's going, he's going to give you the assurance of that gift that is in you. And with the anointing comes the favor of God to do what you are called to do. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite you and thank you. We've got a bigger space in front now. But uh, I'm going to invite you to come to the front. And maybe it could be anything that you feel, man, I have this feeling in my heart all the time that I'm supposed to be doing this. And I'm not sure. Just come. Come because we just, we're going to pray and we're going to anoint you for that. Some prophetic ministry is supposed to be released today, I believe. Some of you have got the grace for mercy, compassion. You're supposed to be walking in that freedom to just walk and be compassionate wherever you go. I'm telling you that the Lord will anoint you for that and favor will flow in a greater way for that to happen in and through your life. And so just as you come, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask our leaders, our elders as well to come up. We're going to pray. I, I've, got one, <laughs> I've got one bottle here, guys, but I'm sure we can, we can share the bottle. <laughs> A couple, of, a couple of weeks ago, I don't know if it's about a month, we, we finished our Bible school on the last night, and we had an impartation night. And I believe that some of you came up for impartation, but today it's about the anointing for that which God has called you. And so maybe you remember coming up for impartation, but I want to encourage you today, come up for the anointing for that as well. And here's the thing. The Holy Spirit has already anointed you. All we're doing is unlocking that, and we are sealing that. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is the seal on our lives. He's the one that seals you, like, like the king would have a seal for a letter. It's a seal of ownership. When he seals you, he says, you are mine. And what you, I've called you to do, I will give you favor and strength power through the Spirit of God to do it.